Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is the Weekly Standard's John McCormick. And John, it's not a good week for Obamacare when one of those down south white Tea Party types announces that he doesn't think the president has kept his word and needs to change the plan. That, of course, would be infamous, notorious redneck Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty brutal, brutal day, pretty brutal week. Uh, six brutal weeks for the president, uh, capped off by uh, his all-time low approval rating in Quinnipiac. I think it was uh, 39% approved, 54% disapproved. It's an 11-point net drop since October 1st uh, when Obamacare launched. You know, those are uh, obviously the poll numbers are not good, and Bill Clinton was trying to get out front there, create some distance. But I think the numbers that shocked me the most, today we found out that only 49,100 or so people had signed up for a, a role for Obamacare, and that's using a very loose description of enroll. And those numbers are tiny. I mean, I, just to put it in perspective, uh, more people bought tickets for a Miley Cyrus concert in 10 minutes than signed up for Obamacare in an entire month. What are those numbers going to do both to the policy and the politics? I mean, the, the, big, the big question really is whether or not those people are, are even, you know, the, quite, the right mix of, uh, you know, healthy and young people to old and sick people that you need in a, in a broad insurance pool. So that, no, no numbers on that have been released yet. Uh, we don't know, furthermore, how many people actually want to be in there. Maybe some of these people have been just thrown off their old plans and are being forced to purchase this stuff. So uh, we really don't have a lot of reliable data right now, and you see Democrats just kind of running for the hills on this. Um, but, I mean... If it remains the case that it's woeful, you know, such tiny numbers are signing up, is there a point where the other ideas that have been thrown around, you know, Mary Landrieu and a group of Democrats have their keep the American, you know, Affordable Care Act promise or bill, well, I forget what exactly how they phrase it. Republicans have their own. If you like your plan, you can keep it, Bill. Can the White House really agree to something like that at this point in the insurance process? Uh, there, there's a debate out there. I've talked to some health industry officials. There's uh, Bob Leshefsky. He's like the most quoted health insurance industry consultant out there right now. Left and right, you'll see his name all over the place. And he says it's just simply too late uh, for people who are losing their plans on January 1st, that it would take too long to get the insurance reissued, approved by the state commissioners, and give people time to turn around and purchase these policies. Now, on the other hand, I've talked to Jim Capretta, who, you know, he's written for the Weekly Standard. He used to work in the Office of Management and Budget. He doesn't buy that. He says, that it would create a lot of headaches, but actually, you know, in, in California, you've seen this happen where the insurance commissioner told Blue Cross that, hey, you sent out this cancellation letter, letter uh, and it wasn't in accord with the requirements. You didn't send it out at the right time. You have to reissue this plan, and they're going ahead and doing that. So Capretta says, listen, if they can do this in California, they can do it elsewhere. Maybe it's messy. Maybe the insurers have invested all this technology in Obamacare. They want to, you know, they want to keep with the system. But uh, I don't know. So I, I just don't have a technical expertise to say who's right. But I think the, the bottom line is why not give these people an opportunity? Why not give insurers the, the chance to sell policies that they were selling last year? Whether or not Obama agrees to it is, uh, you know, depends on, on whether they think it's a, a least bad situation. If this website still isn't working and on December 1st, they might, they might have to turn to something like this. I think all bets are off. Well, but I've seen story after story that say it's essentially a, a done deal, that the website will not be fully working in November. The report today is that every time 
a, 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 a number of people get to the next layer, you know, of they, they get off, you know, page one of the form, they get to page two, a bunch of new problems are discovered because of the volume, then page three, on and on. And the, the same people you've been quoting have been saying that it looks very unlikely that at this point you could have something up and running where people could count on buying their insurance in time to not lose coverage starting in January. Yeah, I, I think that that's a, a real possibility. So if you're going to do something like one of these, you know, the, the Ron Johnson's got a bill in the Senate, uh, Fred up in the House, you mentioned Mary Landry's bill, she would actually force insurers to reissue these plans. I'm not sure that that's legal exactly. Um, but <laughs> Like that uh, makes I think a difference, John. Do it, they got to do it now. On. I mean, six weeks might be difficult, but it's better than, than two weeks or four weeks. So if they're going to do it, they should do it now. I don't think they have any any more time to wait. Uh, the, the, the other aspect, too, which is, uh, as these problems linger, you know, state by state, you know, Oregon still hasn't signed up a single person through their exchange. Uh, there's a, a, a story in the Boston Herald today that even in Massachusetts, which is held up as the model, that they're having to call an oracle at the last second because they can't get their new health exchange to work with both the old numbers and the new numbers from Obama. Is there a point where the average person hears all these stories, they've tried to log on for 10, 12 times, whatever, and then they just say, this thing isn't working, I'm done with it. If you're young and healthy, you might, but a lot of people, I mean, if, if if millions and millions of people, at least four million, are losing their health insurance on January 1st, I mean, these are people who had insurance, they want insurance, and Obamacare is their only alternative, but Obamacare doesn't work. So eventually, these people are going to have to do something. They're going to have to turn to Obamacare unless they pass one of these bills that are floating around in Congress and insurers can turn things around on a dime and reissue the plans and get them approved and, and sell them again, uh, you're going to have to figure, people are going to have to keep on trying. So that, I mean, if the, the administration might say that a fix for Obamacare is that, you know, half the people get through, uh, maybe they'll say that that's, that's good enough, that that's good <laughs> enough for them, they don't need to do anything more, and it just continues to be a disaster. But then, the, but that brings back the fundamental math problem. Who are the only people who are going to sit in front of a computer for seven hours? Who are the only people going to sit on a 1-800 number to be sent back to the computer for another seven hours? The only people going to do that are going to be people who desperately need the coverage. If you're healthy and you got some money in your pocket, you can have, your, your answer to Obamacare is to ignore it. Well, yeah, I mean, there's millions and millions of young people who right now don't find health insurance to be in their economic interest, that they have, you know, people who could buy it and just choose not to, that they're young and healthy and they, they take the risks. And I think it's kind of foolish. I think people should all have catastrophic plans, which Obamacare is, you know, jacking up two or three times in price uh, and getting rid of altogether for people over 30. But... Um, you know, yeah, I don't see why those people wouldn't just rather, uh, you know, take the penalty, change their uh, tax reform, tax return forms, so that they don't, um, you know, get docked the, right. the individual mandate penalty, and uh, go on their merry way rather than wasting all that time. Uh, so, of all the people who have come out, whether it's President Clinton, Mary Landry, and the other Democrats from West Virginia, North Carolina, uh, several congressmen, I know a congressman from Oregon said that he thought President Obama been grossly misleading. Are, who is who's the most politically damaging or of concern to the White House if they lose them in this conversation? I think it's you got to keep your eye on the 2014 Senate Democrats. Uh, everyone up for re-election. I mean, Landry was among them. It's, if if everybody starts bolting, you know, you've got people in safe seats like. Uh, you know, Udall out in Colorado, I believe he's up, and Mark Warner, when they start turning, and I think Warner's already been making some, you know, rumblings about about this stuff, that then he knows he's in real trouble, that if he can't keep these people on board, he's going to have a, a real tough time keeping them from voting for, you know, a bill like Ron Johnson's bill, and then 
the, the prospect of having to veto something like that will just be, you know, probably too much. He might have to sign something like that if this website isn't fixed in a couple of weeks. Maybe even if it is. I, I'm sorry. If President Obama has to make a, a, a change like that, at some point he's going to run into the requirements of the law and the Constitution. And the fact is the law was passed, like it or hate it. And you just can't pretend that it's not there. And then once it's reopened, it's a totally different world. I think it's far more likely to see an end of Obamacare than there is a substantive change like that because they're going to drag him into court and make him defend, defend the changes. And he's already very close to the line where he's exceeded his authority in the Constitution. Yeah, I mean, they've already, you know, bent the law, broken the law, mm-hmm. you can say, uh, so many times. They're now even floating the possibility that they're just going to give subsidies away to people who sign up, you know, directly with the insurers, which is not at all authorized anywhere in the law. I mean, that would face a, a huge legal test, and I can't imagine that that would, that that would fly in the courts. But who knows, if, if the president's that desperate, he might as well try that compared to, compared to his other options. John McCormick with the Weekly Standard, thanks so much for your time. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.